0: Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And this week, I mean, you're talking about all the different things going on in sports, whether it's social commentary in regards to what's going on with politics and all the different variations that seem to come into whether what happens on the court or on the field. I'm saying all this just because there's a lot of discussion regarding Colin Kaepernick. And I've brought up probably more than 10 times on different episodes my thoughts on Kaepernick, and they're, they're still the same. But it feels like this subject will never reach an end point that anybody's going to be happy about. And I do believe when it comes to the whole discussion of whether or not he's being blackballed um, it's pretty obvious he is. let's just not you know think that this is not a thing. this is what's happening to Colin Kaepernick whether you're talk about Michael Vick saying he should have his hair cut or you know um, the situation with different players having their opinions I the Aaron Rodgers came out recently and said that he should be on a, on a team and He's being blackballed because of the whole situation in regards to his his stance against police brutality and the attention it brings to the National Football League. Now we add yet another wrinkle to the entire story. His uh, girlfriend, Kyle Kaepernick's girlfriend, uh, Nessa, I don't know if uh, many people are aware of what she is. the... Uh, she's a host on Hot 97. She also used to do um, Girl Code, Guy Code, on MTV. She's in a public eye. And she's been with Kaepernick, for, I think, about two, maybe two years or more. I don't know the old dating history. You guys can Google that. But apparently when he was in negotiations with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I possibly joined the team. Ray Lewis, who is an all-pro linebacker, well, was an all-pro linebacker. Now, he's a uh, commentator for Inside the NFL. He was a real big part of the whole push to bring Kaepernick in for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Now, the confusion, which really is where everybody wanted to know, because I believe this was about a month ago as uh, preseason was going on, Everyone thought this deal was going to get done. Joe Flacco was hurt. They needed another quarterback. It made sense. Why not bring in uh, Kaepernick? You know, he used to play for Harbaugh's brother. So, we don't hear anything for a while. And all of a sudden, a tweet comes out regarding Ray Lewis being depicted as a um, as Samuel Jackson's character in the movie Django and the picture shows Samuel Jackson's character who was basically a slave in it helping up his slave master uh Leonardo DiCaprio played by Leonardo DiCaprio comparing it to a picture of Ray Lewis with the owner of the Baltimore Ravens apparently this photo shop work from uh, Nessa was confusing it it went out it was a uh, message that she's saying basically you know calling Ray Lewis a coon, and and making those comparisons, saying that he's basically a slave to the system, were reasons why Kaepernick was not signed. Because Kaepernick never actually came out and said anything regarding it. Now, fast forward to today, or should I say even a week ago, when this whole news came up again. First episode of Inside the NFL... Ray Lewis is on the program now. He's a regular. He comments on the situation. I'm going to play that audio later. As well as all the different feedback from uh, D.L. Hughley, who's been a really uh, politically charged guy. He doesn't just do comedy anymore. and He he talks about it on his radio show as well. Of course, I got to go to Stephen A., Max Kellerman, and the First Take crew in regards to their thoughts on it. But um, he goes He pretty much goes ahead and blames Nessa for the reason why the Ravens didn't sign Kaepernick. Now look, I'm not saying that things like that don't matter, but you can't square all of that down to his girlfriend. It's just, it it sounds like to me that's a real low, low blow. Now, Ray Lewis is obviously going to have more to say in future episodes, I believe in this. But to just go out there and say, oh yeah, that's the reason why they didn't sign him it was because of the photo and they felt like it was disrespect, it's a, it's a, it just leads to even more discussion. And once again, there's still a whole campaign about people boycotting the NFL because of the Colin Kaepernick situation. So it's going to be an ongoing thing. And I'm really curious to see what team signs him. The New York Jets need a quarterback bad. They had a horrible outing their first game out. But could it just be a situation where the Jets are trying to lose anyway? So bringing in a guy like Kaepernick, you're basically guaranteeing yourself maybe another three, four extra wins. Because they don't really have much around him. But I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, the Jets just don't have a quarterback out there. They played their first game this week. And uh, they... They pretty much got destroyed by the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to play some audio with that as well as the uh, New York Giants falling horribly to the Dallas Cowboys. I got some highlights of that. It's been a tough start for uh, both New York teams, but it's a long season. It's a long season, and you're going to see a lot of these things happen amongst both teams, which we're going to cover throughout the year. Uh, Odell Beckham did not play in this game. So for all those Odell Beckham fantasy people, a.k.a. me, it was a rough week. Uh, He's still recovering from that ankle injury he had in the preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. So there's no telling when he'll come back. Most likely he'll play in the next game against the Detroit Lions. But who knows? Also this week, Tracy McGrady, T-Mac, was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. A lot of speculation as to whether or not he deserved the induction, seeing that he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't, how can I say this? He was a multiple-time All-Star, but he was never really a winner. He, his teams always seemed to struggle. His only finals appearance was him basically as a beat-up reserve in his final season with the San Antonio Spurs. He could have been a champion if um, that ball wasn't tipped out to Ray Allen in the 2013 finals. But, you know, so much for that. But uh, he earned a lot of respect around the league. And at 38 years old, is a Hall of Famer. So, I'm one of those people that I've always kind of doubled. You know, I-, I always like to see, okay, what makes a player... Hall of Fame worthy, is it just the all-star appearances, is it the scoring titles, is it winning, the criteria seems to always change because I, I look at the stats and I think, man his, his scoring ability was amazing, he, well, he got a couple of all-stars, never was an MVP, the two scoring titles is amazing, but you leave a guy like Chris Webber off, and it got me thinking. Is Chris Webber still being punished for what happened in Michigan? The whole scandal and everything and them having to forfeit the Final Four opportunities they had those two years with the Fab Five. That's still a mess. Let's put it out there. That whole story. Still one of the best 30 for 30s and documentaries of all time. If you haven't seen it yet, what's wrong with you? It's really great. But... Chris Webber passed over, I think he'll eventually get in, but to have Tracy McGrady go in over Chris Webber, that's a bit of an odd situation for me, and I'm still taking a while to, to digest that one, but anyway, I'm going to play Tracy McGrady's entire speech, it was really good, uh, I think people will take a lot from it because he does focus on whether or not he deserved to be a Hall of Famer, and And I liked a lot of things he said. I thought it was really, really well done. And I also want to point out, he was a New York Knick for 24 games. I wrote a great article about it on Hoops Habit. It also, you might see it filtered over to Bleacher Report and Sports Illustrated. Thank you to everybody that's been, you know, reading it. I got a lot of great feedback from it. It is very much appreciated. But I had to point out, his 24 games in New York... They meant something for that moment, even though it was just a small moment. Speaking of moments, this one was actually a pretty big one for her. Sloane Stevens finally wins her first Grand Slam. The 24-year-old, you know, let, let's put it out there. She's constantly been, like, overlooked. She's struggled a lot. And I, I just didn't see her actually being one of the elite tennis players out there. And I have to focus on the fact, yes, she is African-American. Yes, that's something people do look at and they think about, oh, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, who really have had their little multiple problems with her in the past. You know, she's been critical about little comments about Serena, and they had like a small little rivalry. But I'm hearing it, it was just something small. But you talk about now Sloan Stevens being younger. She actually beat Venus in the semifinals. Goes on an amazing run, wins her first Grand Slam title. Is it now time to show her that respect and maybe passing of the torch? This is the, this is the question you have to ask when it comes to tennis. So Sloane Stevens, you know, congratulations to her. She comes out the uh, victor. And moving forward, what happens with her career? Does she become that main person to to watch out for? Because after winning a Grand Slam, you know, championship, you're no longer the underdog. You're no longer the upcoming star. You are now the star. So Serena just had her baby as well. Congrats to her and her fiancé. So it seems to be such an interesting transition in the world of tennis. Maybe the Williams sisters are done. Maybe Sloane Stephens... You know Madison Keys, maybe they are the future. These are thoughts. It was great to see four American women in the uh, semifinals for a U.S. Open. It was very different. Shows the American tennis is still good. Uh, on the on the men's side, it was business as usual for uh, for Nadal. Like Federer got got pretty much got waxed early. I was really surprised with that, but. Uh, it was it was basically what you're used to seeing. That's why the big story had to be the uh, women's tournament, because yeah, Sharapova coming back. You know, you, you had all these different storylines going on. It was a, it was fun to watch. So for everybody that was in Queens, it was uh, definitely a good time. So congratulations once again to Sloane Stevens. And I'm gonna play. She had some funny comments in regards to her uh, her winning her check. Because everybody gets like their winnings, and as a champion, she made a couple million. She was uh, very uh, candid and uh, and pretty funny about it. So could have play that audio as well. And like I said, it's just a great show today. Just gonna have a good time. If you have any thoughts, always hit me up on social media at Ed Easton Jr. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, just let me know what you think. So. It's, uh, it's just a lot of fun when people give their feedback, and I have gotten some feedback recently. And yes, there will be more guests on the show. We've been having a good streak of them. But uh, today, because of everything that's been going on in the past week, I did want to focus more on the sounds of just not only the games, but the great speeches, the great things that you hear out there in the media, because that's what sports social is all about. It's about what's going on in sports socially that everyone's talking about. Yeah, there it is. That's the full definition. And uh, once again, I thank everybody that continues to tune in and support. So uh, what we're going to do is take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. It's a really tough day, as expected, for the New York Jets. They go to Buffalo, first game of the year. Buffalo's not really a good team either. They're probably planning for next season. I don't think they're going to go full tank mode as the Jets are, it looks like, right now. Just, you go out there with, with Josh McCown, who's not a winner. We all know this by now. The guy's a veteran quarterback, but he's not a guy you're saying, okay, we have a realistic chance of winning some games here. You got the other young quarterbacks who, you know, with Hackenberg and Petty. They're not ready. They're just backups real realistically in this league. You got running back with uh, Forte, who's old. Bilal Powell's not, in my opinion, a starting running back. The, the Jets just said, we're going to scrap this season. We're going to do whatever it is to, to get the number one pick for next season. And that'll be it. So their first game in Buffalo... It gave you an example of what the Jets are about. There's actually one play in this game which uh made me laugh, made most people laugh. I think it even made the come on man segment for uh ESPN. There was a a turnover, Jets are running back the other way. One of their players has a pretty much a free lane to a touchdown. One of his teammates runs right into him and tackles him. Not another, not another like uh opponent. Nobody on the Bills really knocked him down. It was his own teammate that stopped him. It basically was a perfect example of what the season's going to be. Todd Bowles, I hope you keep your job if you go 0-16, because this isn't on you. This is the team they gave you. And uh, just listen to these highlights. The great Kevin Harlan on the call. It was an interesting experience. So, Jets fans, if you want to relive this, by all means. It?
1: Tolbert. Dawkins with the block the left tackle. Look at him, hopped his way into the secondary, brought down by Brooks. 14 yard pickup. This is a good matchup down here. Mm-hmm. McCoy on the linebacker. You see it. Taylor sees it. Touchdown. But it goes to Clay. One yard touchdown throw. And the Bills on top with 11-26 to
2: play in the first half. Well, you look at Charles Clay, the leading receiver for the Bills a season ago with 54 receptions. Kersh on the move. It up. McCown
1: caught. That's grabbed by Tomlinson downfield. The tight end, Eric Tomlinson from UTEP, guy hey. who knows what to do in critical situations. Out you go. And second down and one, they came from the wing, Jordan Poyer, third and 12. And he's got it on the fly, caught by Kurse Works on the aforementioned Poyer. He was with Arizona a season ago. He'll try a 48-yard field goal and get the Jets on the board, and that's exactly what he does. With six and a half to play in the first half. McCoy in the backfield. Wide open Charles Clay. Belted by Brooks, who came in a trade with Philadelphia. Wind and the telltales are limp. 52-yard try. This is good. And the Jets creep closer. Bills three timeouts. again he's open and that was slowed down there by Josh Martin glad was a coach a son of a coach she second down and 10 Tyron Taylor oh look at who he's got curse oh right, Matthews excuse me Matthews the other way
2: and Jordan Matthews, the best receiver for the Eagles a season ago, comes through Jordan Matthews who's six foot three on Buster screen who's five foot nine he misses a tackle and Jordan Matthews is off to the races. He's a big player Kevin, to be able to move inside and function and play.
1: first and goal. little chip there by the running back and a backpedaling touchdown Andre Holmes. And a second one-yard touchdown pass by Tyron Taylor. Oh, lady. Got- McCown touchdown. A one-yard touchdown quarterback sneak by 38-year-old Josh McCown. for the Jets. Second down, nine to burn the heat. Hughes is blocked. And on the move, they got
3: tied. Oh,
1: Second and goal at the one. Tolbert. Touchdown. Now changing the protection up front. Off the corner they come, and they go up for it. Was it picked off? Although Anderson comes up with the ball and poyer was there the tie goes to the receiver it's
2: caught by anderson as he is jousting with jordan poyer Look at this effort though Poyer has it you see robbie anderson he's got his hands in there he's trying to rip it out and he doesn't give up once they hit the ground down the middle of the field, and I think that really has to do with their personnel right now tight end and wide receiver. McCown hit hard as he throws. It's picked off on the
1: play and grabbed by Micah Hyde. Sends off a five-year, $30 million contract. Second interception thrown by Josh McCown. That seals it for the Buffalo Bills. The Jets out of timeouts. The Kansas City and Miami not playing
2: this week because of Hurricane Irma. Not a good decision, obviously, by Josh McCown. He gets a little bit of push up in his face but Micah Hyde Kevin they really liked him in free agency they liked his versatility the fact that he can play at all three levels of the defense not easy when there's constant change around a young quarterback we talked about fourth different system for him in four years third different coordinator here in Buffalo he's bought in
0: he's bought in he's learned the system now the New York Giants head into the season all these expectations. They're supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. They have this explosive offense. They just acquired Brandon Marshall. They upgraded a wide receiver. They upgraded a tight end with Evan Ingram being your uh, new tight end rookie. He may have blocking issues, but he can score. you know, Touchdowns has all these great other abilities. Defense is still good. It was solid last year. You got all these returning players. All this positive energy on the Giants side. And then we get the news that Beckham can't play because he's still injured. But yet, we're still optimistic because we got Brandon Marshall. We felt good about Brandon Marshall. Why shouldn't you feel good about a guy like Brandon Marshall who's was one of the best wide receivers over the last five to six years? So then, the Dallas Cowboys are the first team on the schedule. Optimism, right? We beat Dallas twice last year. And I'm saying we because I am a Giants fan. I own that. I'm a Giants fan, it's fair. you playing on Sunday Night Football, the whole world is watching. You got Al Michaels calling it, you got Chris Collinsworth calling it. This is your debut to prove to the world why you guys are Super Bowl contenders this season. And we just didn't get that as Giants fans. We got a team that still had horrible problems on the offensive line. Eli had no time to throw the football, you got players just just didn't look like they were in sync. I mean, it scared me the, mo- the most, really, when you have Eli Manning and, and Brandon Marshall just never seem to have any type of chemistry. It's like, did he, did he really get a chance to work at all in training camp or in practice? It was a very scary sight, and the team only managing three points is... That's pitiful. That's disappointing. It has to be better. And you guys are going to hear from the Hollies just a little bit of what was going on between the Giants and the Cowboys during week one.
4: Second and seven out from the 13 yard line.
0: Big <laughs> caught. Touchdown,
5: Jason Witten. Need to support. Eli Apple on the outside you get big Jason Witten going right towards the corner cuts right back to the inside. There's nothing underneath that.
4: Hold on a second. I got to get the abacus <laughs> out here. Now Prescott. Rolling by time firing caught Williams 38 yard line. They can get to the line of scrimmage in a hurry. They have two timeouts through the Cowboys. Four, eight, Prescott 16 of 26 for 174. He's gonna run, he's gonna get the first
5: down and a lot more to the 34-yard line. And ...throws the ball, so when he's stepping up and through, you better be ready for this. is at 240 pounds.
4: 42-yard attempt. Jones to put it down. Bailey to knock it through. And they've been terrific 13, thus far. From the 25-yard line, they start with Darkway in the backfield. And Manning's gonna get swallowed up at the 19-yard line. Downfield and he's got a man open, finally, and that's Roger Lewis.
5: Manning gets sacked back at the 13-yard line. Charles Tapper... What could do was jump to the outside of Marshall, and then when Eli saw it wasn't there. New Giants place kicker. He was perfect in preseason. 25-yard attempt,
4: and his first ever field goal. Splits the uprights at AT&T Stadium. Second and eight. Short drop and a first down, and Des Bryant scoots away. And Collins will
5: be taken for a ride all the way down to the 45-yard line. And Thompson clear and void that zone, and then big strong Des Bryant. He's healthy. He had a whole off-season to train, and he was excited about the rematch.
4: At the 45-yard line. Guy sets up a screen, but look out—he was right because that was B.J. Goodson who takes care of Elliott. What eighteen? What is that? Put Ellison in the backfield as the fullback, and look at that tackle. And that's Sean Lee. He's just—he's tremendous. He's had some huge games against the Giants. Through here and getting past Red Ellison to make that tackle. You've seen him, yeah? Putting a blocked field goal once that make the difference. Third down and six, and that pass sails, and then, oh. and then somehow Beasley oh.
5: makes the catch. Oh my gosh. The Giants almost had an interception and maybe a pick six. Never seen a guy catch it on his nameplate on the back. Watch this. He's going to pin into his back, and he's going to get it pinned to Beasley, and then keep his feet in <laughs> bounds. Oh my goodness.
4: Come the Giants. There's a screen. Elliott doesn't even need any blocking to get to the
5: 32-yard line. Like Casillas decided to try and make that into a read blitz, and then there was just nothing left on the outside. Clearly, a blown coverage.
4: And starting another drive deep in their own territory. Off play action, Manning is able to escape. Nearly got sacked. Finds the open man down the sideline. And that's Evan Ingram, the tight end, the rookie, the number one draft choice.
5: How does Eli feel this and step up? I thought that was sack, fumble, game over. Steps up and finds Ingram down to field. Great play by Eli.
4: Giants convert. And now
5: it is picked off, and it is a,
4: a tug of war for the ball. Anthony Brown. Brown is there,
5: and it's going to be ruled an interception. Brown really did fool Eli. It looked like he was going to take the guy into the flap, but you will see how wide open Sterling Shepard was on this play. And fifteen.
4: Fake to Elliott.
5: Prescott dances away, throws a little low, but Witten is there to scoop it. Jason Witten can catch it. Little pump fake to get JPP in there. Watch this little sidearm delivery down low, or.
4: Hardly turned out that way. 18 yard line. This time Morris gets taken down at the the 21 by Snacks Harrison. This will be a 36 yard attempt to make it a 16 point game. And Bailey tonight is a perfect pass. Third and one. And this is Roger Lewis taking it out to the 40 yard line.
2: False start. Number 89 offense, player number 89 was going from a two-point to a three-point stance. That foul involves a 10-second runoff. That's the end of the game.
0: Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back, and I want to focus now this part of the show with some more sounds. And the main things that I want to focus on, obviously, is Tracy McGrady's speech at the Hall of Fame. Amazing speech. I thought he did a great job. Just breaking down how he felt about winning the you know winning this great honor because not many people make the hall of fame, and you make it at thirty eight years old, come on, you know, like I gotta give him his credit, he had to have earned somebody's respect. I still feel like maybe not this year but next year he should have got in. I still feel like chris Weber got got kind of screwed in the whole situation. If you go by numbers, if you go by just what they've done in their career, I think Chris Webber was the better player. That's just my opinion. But congratulations once again to T-Mac. You're going to hear a great speech. Also, Sloane Stephens winning the uh, U.S. Open. You'll hear her speech afterwards and how she talks about getting the big money. And it, It was, like I said, it was a great turning point. Maybe this is the new future of tennis. Who knows? And lastly, I have to get into it. I let off the show talking about this situation. But Ray Lewis starting up some more controversy in regards to the Colin Kaepernick situation. Blaming his girlfriend as to why he didn't get signed. I'm going to have his actual uh, audio from inside the NFL. As well as the feedback from everything Ray Lewis said. And like I said, it was just a media storm in regards to the entire situation. You had uh, DL Hughley giving the stars, the first take, guys. It's a lot to um, digest. People have an opinion on it, and they're going to continue having opinions on it because it is a very important topic. Without further ado, here are the sounds of the week. You listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.
6: Yes! Yes! Man. Yes, thank you guys, appreciate it. <laughs> Zeke, I don't know what you saw, brother, but back in 1997, you recognized my talent, scrawny 18 year old coming out of high school. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me fulfill my childhood dream by drafting me ninth overall. Uh That meant the world to me. And the first year, didn't go so well. The first half of that year didn't go so well, um, as you know. But you went on, became an excellent coach. You did some, some great things as an, an executive, made some great moves. But your best move, Zeke, was firing that coach my rookie year. <laughs> firing that coach my rookie year that criticized me, said I wasn't gonna be in the league beyond three years. Was he wrong? Boy, was he wrong. Boy, was he wrong. <laughs> Back in February, my wife and I were on our way to the Hall of Fame finalist press conference at this year's All-Star Weekend in New Orleans. We were on the elevator, and she kept telling me how proud of me she was and asked me if I was excited. I remained nonchalant, never really showed too much emotion, or at least not the level of emotion that she was expecting. Sensing the real truth behind what my hesitation and non-emotional demeanor was really about, she told me to repeat after her and say, I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't say a word, she insisted. This time she say, look in the mirror that was on the elevator wall and repeat after me. I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Now I still couldn't let those words utter from my mouth. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't because I wasn't excited or honored. However, truth be told, I didn't want to allow myself to get too excited. You see, my wife knew something about me in that elevator that I had yet to admit and say out loud. There was a reason she wanted me to look myself in that mirror and say I deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And there was also a reason why I couldn't do it. In those split moments that she asked me to state out loud that I deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, I had a zillion thoughts in my mind why I didn't deserve to be it. I started thinking of all these NBA greats who had accomplished so many great things. And then I began comparing myself to them. It's way too easy to focus on what you don't have and what you didn't accomplish. But I'm grateful for those people that saw in me and believed in me just maybe when I always didn't believe in myself. People who actually saw the man and not just the athlete. One thing I've learned in those 15 years of playing is the power of perseverance, faith, and pushing through even when the odds are against you even when they said you wouldn't last three years in the league. Even when your work ethic was criticized and even when you come from nothing and enter into the amazing world of the NBA without a name, without a track record, and without any proof that you deserve a chance. I'm grateful for God blessed me with amazing gift and talent and entrusted me with it. In addition, I can't leave this stage without thanking the NBA. You have sent me to places around the world I never knew existed. Just a small town kid from Arbondale, Florida that traveled the world a few times and in my life became richer with everybody I met along the way. Thank you to Adidas. I'm proud of what we accomplished together. We sold a ridiculous amount of shoes and we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Thank you to every basketball organization I ever played for, every coach I played for, Doc Rivers, Butch Carter, I appreciate you guys. And to the fans, both in the states and around the world, forever loyal, never stop believing in me. You gave me way more than I ever can give you. I am so grateful for all of my teammates, but I, highlight, I have to highlight those teammates who have impacted my life and made me a much better basketball player. Thank you, Yao Ming, Dikembe Mutombo, Grant Hill, Darryl Armstrong, Doug Christie, Vince Carter, Dee Brown, Charles Oakley, Muggsy Bogues, Kevin Willis, Jermaine O'Neal, Dale Curry, and Antonio Davis. And to the realest coach I ever played for, he's not here tonight, he couldn't make it, he's back home helping some flood victims back in Houston, Coach Jeff Van Gundy. I just wish we had the opportunity to play a few more years. Johnny Davis, thank you very much for allowing me to work with you and giving me the footwork. My shooting coach in my Toronto days, Jim Thomas, Sonny, and Pam Vaccaro, back in 1996, going to that camp, being the last guy to enter this camp. And you give me that jersey, 175. 175. Nobody had a clue who Tracy McGrady was. You gave me that platform. And I played against the best players in the world at that time. And I left that camp, the number one player in the nation. From 175 to number one. Thank you, Sonny and Pam. To my financial team. It's gonna be all right, Sonny. To my financial team, thank you guys. Made a lot of money in my playing career and you don't care of it. <laughs> I appreciate that. To my agent, Arn Tellum, Bob Myers, thank you guys. To my attorney, Tim Ahoy, I appreciate you. My assistant, Elisa Grable, 20 years, thank you for organizing my life and my family's life. So all of my family, my siblings and, and, and friends, my brothers and sisters that are here, thank you guys. I appreciate you. Mom and grandmother. Two women that kept me out of the streets of a drug-infested neighborhood. The you know, one thing I, my grandmother instilled in me was patience. While all the other kids were out playing, I had to leave the the house in the wee hours in the morning to go fishing with you for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Being on that lake, bonding with my grandmother, taught me patience, endurance, and the ability not to sweat what I couldn't control. And you know, one thing that you always did, who was on that boat, whenever you wanted the beer, what was your sign? Psst, To my mom, always, always my biggest cheerleader coming to all my games and you was being the absolute loudest person in the gym. And and even when I was a professional, you was the loudest person in the gym and 20,000 people, I hear your voice. Thank you very much. Uh, But what you taught me is not to be that to my kids, so I appreciate that. (laughs) Until my four beautiful kids, Layla, Lacey, Lehman, Layden, remember this, your character is always much more significant than your reputation. Never forget who you are, never forget that, and that you belong to God. You belong to God. Because who you are in secret is just as important who we are in public. Why? Because God sees both. Don't forget that. (laughs) To my wife, who I've been with for 20 years, God has given me a woman that has proven to be a beautiful mother, a wonderful wife, and an amazing friend, and I thank God for you every single day. I love you. Now back to that elevator story I was telling you about. Although what I couldn't do with my wife requested me seven months ago and tell myself in that mirror that I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, well on this day, I can proudly say yes, I deserve to be here, I am truly humbled, I'm grateful and proud to be in the class of 2017. Thank you very much.
7: Yeah, definitely. I didn't. When I had surgery, I was not thinking that I would be anywhere near a U.S. Open title, nor did I think I was going to be anywhere near the top 100. Um, I was worried about my protected ranking and I was worried about using my protected ranking to get in here. I used both of them already for Grand Slams and just tournaments and being able to play. And I was thinking about all the wrong things. And once I kind of let that go and just realized that whatever's meant to be is going to be that I worked hard to get here and, you know, that's that, then I think a lot of that stress was relieved and I was able to just play free and run and compete and um, just get out there and get after it every match. And, I mean, I, there's no words to describe how I got here, the process it took or anything like that, because if you – told someone this story, they'd be like, that's insane. So I'm just happy to be here. Um, Just like, wow, like how insane. Like, I actually won the US Open. Like, wow, what a moment. Um, I think it was a little bit of just like, wow. Like, uh, I mean, I don't, it's hard to explain, obviously. Winning a tournament is extremely special, but winning the U.S. Open, being an American player is even more incredible. And I think it was a big moment for both of us, and yeah, it's just insane. I made six unforced errors the whole match. Shut the front door. Oh my God, I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Oh my God, that's a stat. That's for me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What was the question? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a big moment, incredible moment for me, and um, I was, ve- like I said, I was nervous, and before the match, I was super nervous. But once I got out there, I, I felt a lot better, so that was good. And I just tried to stay calm and uh, keep my composure and run every ball down. That was it. Super simple. I mean, I think when anyone has, I'm going to totally put this in my bio, U.S. Open champion, I think when anyone has a Grand Slam champion in front of their name, it changes things a little bit. So I don't know if I've arrived, already arrived, been arrived, I don't know, but I do know that I'm a U.S. Open champion, so whatever that means to you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I think it'll be super cool. I think one day I'm gonna like be able to show my kids that I won the US Open. That's cool. Like how many people can say that? Not very many. And they already engraved my name in the locker, like, hello. This is awesome. Yes. A lot of them apparently. <laughs> Um, yes, we are having a little celebration and she is coming, so. Of course, girl, did you see that check that that lady handed me? (laughs) Like, yes. Man, if that doesn't make you want to play tennis, I don't know what will. Man. So, Yes definitely
3: and maybe you your, have and, Yeah, no and to your point when me and steve Bishotti was talking this is what we're talking about judy we're talking about giving this kid an opportunity to get back in the national football league look this is what i wanted to share with people i have been fighting for this kid behind the table like nobody has nobody had this kid a job in the national football league i can raise my hand and say i did i've never been against colin kaepernick but I am against the way he done it. And I think this is where we should get, Boomer. I can disagree with how he did it. That's That should be perfectly fine. But then his girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture and doesn't know... To be clear, whose girl, whose lady? Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. He, that she doesn't know we're in the back office about to about to try to get this guy to sign. Mm -hmm. Steve Bishotti said himself, how can you crucify Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis is the one calling for Colin Kaepernick? Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone with this guy. So to your point, that's what I'm talking about. The fraternity of our league. Judy, I have fought for get kids who's done bad things and, and been looked at the, the wrong way. But I don't talk to the people who can't get things done. I go to the decision makers. And the decision makers in this one was Steve Bishotti and Ozzie Newsom. And the only thing that went bad, the only that, thing that went bad was that image where she tried to make us a racist in the individuals. And that's the sad part about this story. And I listened to all of these things everybody wanted to say about me. People even spoke about my kids. And nobody so, never said, hey, I hey, never said one hey, thing about Colin hey, Kaepernick. Clearly, you're, you're frustrated by the way you've been characterized in this. I'm when in it, L.A. stand up to 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning trying to get Colin Kaepernick a job. Because that's what Ray Lewis does. Do you so feel he that, would that the Lewis were a... that close to signing him? I don't have to feel, J.B., when they call me. It's, it's to say yes or yes. no. And you felt they were calling After you to say, Steve, we were gonna close the deal. To sign him. To sign him. All we wanted to hear was hear Colin Kaepernick speak. Did Steve you ever hear him? Did you ever hear him st- speak? Steve Bashadi said, I want to hear Colin Kaepernick speak to let me know that he wants to play football. And but what have been saying for the last it six never months? Because of that picture comes out the next day. So if not for that
7: text message, if not for that post. Tweet, the, tweet, the tweet, Pardon the tweet. me, the tweet. You think he was then, in to
3: Baltimore? Then, where, then he's flying him to Baltimore i'm sitting with all three of us, and we're all having a conversation about bringing colin kaepernick in they need be the backup quarterback of the baltimore ravens
2: you know because it's <laughs> which no he would be you know because fine. Listen, yeah. the baltimore ravens there's so few organizations could handle it. they would be one mm-hmm. one because of ozzie newsome you two ray and i think the coach understands you know just the, the whole uh culture down there they would have handled it kept the press well not let it make it such a distraction for a
3: backup quarter. Because of the things that we've been through in that organization. Right. I took my story personally, JB, and I told them these words. I told we will have to protect this kid the way we protected me. We can't let the media just come at this kid and say anything about this kid. We got to make sure he's not tweeting nothing crazy. We got to make sure he's not wearing the wrong police shirts to practice. All of these. Things. How come? You know, I hate to say this to you. Well, I'm going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is why haven't I heard this story before? Because, because really, because I, everybody I mean, wanted to tell their own story about what me and Shannon got into an argument about signing Colin, and he's talking about police brutality, and I'm like, a, so, so listen to this. Because I thought be, it would be a done deal. I, you know, that was. But this is, I, is thing that this is the only thing that frustrates This is the only thing that frustrates me a little bit. I live police injustice. I lived it. So for somebody to tell me that I'm racist? No. What I found out was I found out that all cops are not bad cops. And I found out that all people that works for the system are not bad people. Right. But you can't put everybody in one box. There's not one word you can ever find what i criticized and said i don't like Colin Kaepernick and i think it's terrible i've never said that.
8: all right so ladies and gentlemen uh, just in the last day or so uh, there have been uh, i guess uh, ray lewis uh, the famed baltimore ravens linebacker i think there's no doubt that ray lewis is one of the greatest football players ever to uh, play in the nfl he was a ferocious competitor he is uh, to a lot of people an inspirational figure uh, some of the things he says about Colin Kaepernick and some of the things he said about Black Lives Matter, I certainly don't agree with. But I do not understand his obsession with with demonizing both Black Lives Matter and uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Bray Lewis is a, a staggeringly talented uh, young man who would not have had a chance to exhibit that talent had uh, you know to, as long as he had, had uh, things not turned in his favor in uh, at Atlanta when he was accused of devil murder. A uh, suit didn't come up. You know, they never found the suit he wore that night. We don't know what happened, but I, we do know that he got off uh, primarily because he could afford uh, great representation. That would make you uh, give me pause when I put. If I had that circumstance, that would give me pause when I was going to prejudge anybody. But now he says that it is because uh, that Callie Kaepernick didn't make the team because his girlfriend uh, uh, basically insinuated that he when he took a picture with the owner. Kind of hugging him, that that was Django Unchained, and you know the uh, Sam Jackson character. So I guess he's saying that the owner was so insulted that Colin uh, Kaepernick's girlfriend talked about his pet black dude that then that squashed the deal he could have had. Basically. So so he said they were basically he was intimating that they could he could have made it happen um, uh, if 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 she had, had she not done that. So it, it, he's kind of insinuating that it was in his hands. So if you're so, so small-minded that a picture by somebody else that wasn't even the person that you were dealing with uh, insulted you so much that you didn't squash somebody's dream, a second chance, which you got one of, uh, that's I, either, either the owner is small or you are. Mm. Either one, one, one is very petty. Either the owner is petty or you are. Um, and Jason Whitlock uh, goes on Fox News. Now, Jason Whitlock, I've never liked him. I, I think that he does whatever he can to, uh, to ingratiate himself to a certain demographic and to denigrate another one. Uh, I, I, when He had a picture on his show uh, of a white guy with a big natural giving a black power fist. Uh, Son, you got to see the picture. And he basically says, thank you for dropping by the studio cap. Now, if it were anybody else doing that, people would be clamoring for him to be fired. Now, to me, somebody has artistic expression they can do what they want. I can claim that now. I think Jason uh, Whitlock has the right to express himself any way he wants. Uh, uh, but to me, that was not funny, and it played into the narrative that I've always believed about him. He denigrates one so that uh, he ingratiates himself to another. I would say it's beneath him, but nothing's beneath him. So, you know, I, I tend to just ignore Jason Whitelock, what, what, like, kind of like he does vegetables. <laughs> but what has happened now is when Whitlock and Lewis say things, the same things that they say that only seemingly uh, they only say to curry favor with a certain demographic and I won't look I can't, I, I listen I can't know what's in Ray Lewis's heart and I can't know uh, I know what's in Jason Whitlock's heart, cholesterol I know that um, <laughs> I know what's in his heart, plaque, I know that but I don't know what's, what's, what's their motivation, I can say this when they say the things that they say I cannot, uh, you know, ascribe motive. I cannot tell you why they did it. But it gives comfort and aid to people who are inclined to believe a certain thing about us. It gives comfort and aid, comfort to an idea that somehow Colin Kaepernick was subversive. Sometime, somehow Colin Kaepernick was, was horrible. Sometime, uh, somehow Colin Kaepernick broke a norm, that he broke a law, that he is to be shunned and outcast. And and men, uh, to to me, who've had a certain experience, should be the last ones to point the finger at somebody like that. Whether you like it or not, Colin Kaepernick would have been there when Ray Lewis was in his situation. Colin Kaepernick would have been there when Michael Bennett got jammed up by the police after the uh, 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 McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight. He got jammed up by the police. All he wants is for people to be treated fairly by a system that has never done it before. So if you, it, it, it just stands to reason that this vitriol and hate that you both level, both of them level at Black Lives Matter and Colin Kaepernick comes from somewhere I can't understand. I would not ascribe motive to them. I can't tell you why they did it. I can't tell you that it hurts people who are only trying to make sure people are all right.
9: I WANT TO THANK FOLKS FOR MAKING MY JOB A LOT EASIER BECAUSE I THINK I'M GOING TO BE ON THE PHONES CONSIDERABLY LESS SINCE I LITERALLY CAME ON FIRST TAKE REPORTED EXACTLY WHAT RAY LEWIS SAID Quoted him as saying it to me right in front of you, Max. But SportsCenter is running it like this breaking news. I mean, I reported this few weeks ago. Literally saying, I just got off the phone with Ray Lewis an hour ago, and here's what he said, and here's why. But that just got ignored. So, 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 so you know what? Why bother working the phones? Why even bother? I'm gonna save myself some work in the very near future. I'll come on first take a bit more energized. Okay, that's an aside. Now back to this issue. Let me be very, very clear. If I Steve was day, Steve Bishotti. I want to Bichotti, say one
4: thing about that. I go want to ahead. say one thing about that. Sometimes if you don't toot your own horn, there's no music.
9: There we go. That is true. It is yep. true in that case. And I don't usually don't like to do that. But with my reporting, it ticks me off because it's a lot of work. But that's a different story for another day. Here's the deal. If I was Steve Bashati I wouldn't have signed Ray Lewis either. I want to sit up there, Colin and I'm Kaepernick. going to do something. I'm sorry, yeah. that's not Colin. Ka- I meant yeah. Colin Kaepernick. I apologize. I would not have signed Colin Kaepernick either. Let me be very, very clear. For once, I'm going to be a black man who puts myself in a white person's shoes. I am white, and I'm a billionaire. And despite this shrapnel of criticism that's been aimed in this player's direction, despite the one in ten record, completing less than sixty percent of his passes, being hurt. Basically, out of the playoff picture for the previous two years. Not really having an abundance of offers available to him. I'm thinking about signing this guy to my team. I'm thinking about bringing him on board. I reach out to my man, Ray Lewis, because he was a star for my franchise for many years. He's going into the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest linebackers in the history of football. And while we're in the office talking about this guy, I see a tweet. THAT COMES FROM HIS GIRLFRIEND DEPICTING ME AS A SLAVE OWNER AND RAY LEWIS AS A HOUSE SLAVE WHEN THIS DUDE WAS IN THE BACK ROOM TRYING TO GET THE MAN SIGNED. I'M NOT SIGNING THAT, BROTHER. Go kick rocks. You can get the hell up out of here. I don't give a damn about all that. You are gonna go somewhere? You Steve don't Knight. have to. You, Even though it was his
7: girlfriend and it wasn't I him, it care. still bothers I don't care. you that much. It's
9: on, it's on you. It's okay. on you. It's on you. You know why? Because she didn't just issue a tweet. We heard nothing from Colin Kaepernick. WE HEARD NOTHING THAT SAID IT WASN'T ME. WE HEARD NOTHING THAT SAID, I DON'T VIBE WITH THAT. I CAN'T CONTROL MY LADY. SHE'S A WOMAN. SHE'S A GROWN WOMAN. SHE HAS THE RIGHT TO DO WHAT SHE WANT TO DO. BUT THAT'S NOT HOW I FEEL. WE SAW NOTHING OF THE KIND. We saw nothing but silence, conspicuous silence, which gives me the impression that A, you agree, and B, you would sit up there and be totally cool with her going a step further and doing things like that in the future anytime she disagreed with something, okay? And it's not about a woman. It's not about a man. When you are together, you're as one. And when you do things, it's a reflection on the person that you're with, because the reason why we know about her is because she's his girlfriend, just like we, you know, you you, you look at it. Uh, Wait, at one, Bill Clinton. One thing,
7: though, on that, she
5: I think she's a host on Hot 97. She does have her that's own not, career, her own name, not, so she she is a nah, public nah, figure as I'm well. Not,
9: I'm not implying that I'm saying as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick I'm not questioning her cachet mm-hmm. her credentials what she's accomplished she even I'm ate- talking about for the purposes of an NFL discussion mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is what him taking a knee obviously created a, na- a national maelstrom all I'm saying to you is this when you take those things into consideration okay it's just listen I've said this before and I'll say it again BILL CLINTON WAS THE FORMER PRESIDENT OF THE UNITED STATES. WHEN HILLARY CLINTON WAS RUNNING, YOU KNOW WHAT HE HAD TO DO? HE HAD TO TAKE A STEP BACK. WHY? BECAUSE SHE'S THE ONE RUNNING FOR PRESIDENT, NOT YOU. COLIN Kaepernick IS THE ONE IN THE MIDDLE OF THIS STORM. ANYBODY THAT ingratiates THEMSELVES INTO THAT SITUATION, I MEAN, YOU'RE ONLY GOING TO EXACERBATE you're THINGS. YOU'RE NOT WRONG to ABOUT depend- THAT.
0: to thank everybody for tuning in this week and remind you once again hit me up on social media at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter on Instagram I'll tweet you back I'll hit you back I really enjoy the feedback and um, I do want to point out the fact that I put it up on my Instagram and I want to thank everyone that showed me love whether it was on Facebook Instagram on Twitter Um, it was 10 years 10 years ago I started my career at CBS Radio and I had been working a little bit in the past, so I would say I've probably been doing media about 12 years or so, but for the last 10 years, I've been a member of, T- of CBS Radio, and the anniversary just happened, and I want to thank everybody that showed me love, that really just supported me throughout this whole journey, and it's really, um, it's really been fun, it's been crazy, it's been hard, and it's still far from over, and I got plenty more to give, so I'm thankful. And I just want to say thank you for all the love and support as well as the listening to the show today. We'll be back next week. As usual, you've been listening to sports social with Eddie Easton Jr. Here on Brooklyn free speech radio.